folk to the Fine Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Sovereign Court side story. Woo! Uh, we are back again with the continuation of our, our little side escapade here. Um, if you could not tell from that woo, <laughs> I'm joined today by the uh, the esteemed Mr. Ross Goggin. Esteemed? Wow. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, we are back once again for the continuation of this uh, the side quest that we've been doing up until this point. So far, we've had some very interesting run-ins. No one's died. So hey. let's see if we can keep that up for this one. I'll do my best, but I make no <laughs> promises. I promise nothing. <laughs> Die immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I just get pushed out a window like the moment that we get to my character. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> We're going to start this one in media res. Ross, well, you're falling through the air. <laughs> Ironically, this is not the first time I've had a character fall through the air when Rick is GMing. It would be a first for me to start in media res with someone falling. It is true. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's quite the way yeah. to start this adventure. Like, I played with Rick for a long time. That would be a new one. You get points for originality. Again, we've been following thus far a collection of uh, of heroes. Uh, well, we had been previously referring to the B team, but uh, <laughs> you know now it's a little bit more of just uh, these these alternative scions, if you so wish. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and set the stage for this first. Let's take a step back in time. In 4692 AR, during the drought known as the Summer Without Rain, eight noble families were called to the Palace of Birdsong to meet with the Grand Prince Stavian III. While the heads of House Corsina, Darhan, Denzarni, Falspar, Heskalar, Kastner, Mariset, and Zespire treated with the Grand Prince. The young scions of these eight houses entertained the heirs of the royal family. The five teenage lords and ladies spent their days with the young Princess Utropia, see the main cast of characters <laughs> from War for the Crown. The five younger children, however, bonded with Prince Carius II. The children enjoyed a magical summer and then went their own separate ways once it was finished. These friends of Prince Carius were devastated when they learned of his death just six years later. The five nobles traveled to Opara and were reunited in mourning, their lost childhood friend and future ruler. They reconnected that day, swearing to see Prince Carius's dream for a greater Taldor realized. It was that night that they met a young, upstart Lady Gloriana Marilla, Scion of a lesser house with grand ideas of nobility united for a common cause. Together, these six nobles set out to improve not just Taldor, but all of the inner sea under the auspices of the Sovereign Court. Our story begins in 4708, ten years after the death of Prince Carius II and ten years before the events that will kick off the War for the Crown. Though Gloriana Marilla has begun to work with the Pathfinder Society in Absalom, it is still years before she will become the head of the Taldor faction that works within that organization, or expand her secret society, the Sovereign Court, to work within the noble ranks of nations across the Inner Sea. Seeking a new ally in her fight to restore Taldor to its long-lost glory, Lady Marilla has reached out to her friends to aid her. And thus begins Honor's Echo. So... Let's get into why we're playing today. In the <laughs> aftermath of the even-tongued conquest, 
and the embarrassing loss of Chiliax, Andoran, Isgur, and Galt. The Emperor of Taldor sought scapegoats to bear the shame of his defeat. He stripped numerous noble families of their titles and lands, and condemned their failures in the campaign. Most who suffered this punishment faded into obscurity and never rose again. Countess Onaria Acosti was an influential commander during the campaign before and immediately following the Eventoned Conquest. Yet all her skill could not make up for the shortage of supplies, and her career came to an ignoble end. When she dared critique the crown's strategies, the emperor sentenced her family to the most horrid of fate, life as a commoner. Her many times great-grandson, Romario Alcasti, only has incomplete references to his ancestor's heroism and title, but longs to exonerate her name and regain the noble title that he believes he deserves. If he can gather the right evidence and present it in Opara, he is certain that he will succeed. He needs Lady Marilla's help to follow his leads across Taldor and beyond, to uncover the truth and, with evidence in hand, to advocate for his ancestor's grand legacy. And so, Gloriana has called on her old friends to help her restore the name of House Alcosti, and hopefully gain a powerful new ally in the process. And you, my good lord, have answered her call. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so I suppose then we should begin. Our story continues with Lord Vernon of House Kastner. Lord Vernon, you sit astride the back of a horse, feeling the rhythmic sway as the horse steadily walks along an old and dusty road, vast plains stretching out endlessly to your right and left. The road here is no more than a faded path, worn down by years of time and weather, but it still cuts a discernible line across the vast Carpedian Plains of Eastern Andron. Huh. That's right, you're not in Taldor anymore. Whoa. <laughs> to your right and left, you see the fields of grasses, some of them reaching up to the back of your horse. Would you describe as them you... as amber waves of grain? Yes, yes, indeed. Waves <laughs> of grain stretching off purple mountains in the far distance. Oh, dear. <laughs> These dance back and forth in gentle waves as the wind blows steadily across the plain their golds and greens shimmering in the bright summer sunlight. Above you, the sky is a vast, infinite blue, and the occasional cloud just mars the far edges. However, the sun continues to beat down with this almost unrelenting heat, and you have the dust of the better part of a week on you as you've been making your way across these mm -hmm. plains. You had arrived in the bustling city of Almas, after taking a boat from Casomir, the better part of about two weeks ago. You'd spent a very short time in Andoran's capital before taking a carriage across most of the Carpedian Plains until you reached this road, which will lead you to your eventual destination. A road so worn that carriages don't really make their way down this path any longer. I was wondering why I had abandoned the carriage. <laughs> My carriage? Oh, no. <laughs> in the far distance up ahead, and again, you've taken a, uh, the fastest route that you can. Mm. You can see a line of the Verudian force, the portion of it that stands within Andoran, as opposed to the portion of it within Taldor. Off in the distance, you can see an island in the Sea of Grain, an inland town 
Although again, town is a rather generous term for it, bearing that it probably boasts no more than maybe 2,000 souls. Large compared to the small stopovers that you've had thus far in your journey. Mm. And perhaps a place with an actual inn. My gods. It's only approaching noon by this point as you begin to get closer, hours having passed by as you'd felt the sun tracing its arc across the sky. The heat of the midday making you uh, somewhat appreciate um, the wide-brimmed hat that you've been uh, sporting for this trek, shielding your face. Occasionally, you do pass, you have passed by the remnants of bygone ages. Old, dilapidated farms, a rusting windmill, the foundations of what may have been once a homesteader's house long ago. However, as you get closer and closer to your destination, you finally realize that you're approaching actual civilization, and based on the letter that you had received from Lady Gloriana, will soon be meeting with this Lord, or soon-to-be, hopefully, Lord mm -hmm. Alcosti. Russ, why don't we go ahead and give a description of this uh, this weary traveler? <laughs> well, uh, Lord Vernon Kastner is a man of about average height, standing just at five foot ten, uh, with a slight build. He has a particularly pale complexion compared to most Taldans. In fact, uh, he has bright blonde hair and blue eyes that seem to be particularly common amongst the Kastners. And his hair falls down to his shoulders as he kept, keeps it sort of in a just unkempt mop at this point, probably. Normally rather well styled, but I've been traveling for a week. <laughs> Normally uh, I would take better care of myself, but uh, this is right. <laughs> I mean, I do have a, I do have a kit for that, but, uh, oh, well. <laughs> you pause at the side of the road to brush out your hair and your beard, actually you're clean shaven to yes. brush out your hair and shave again real quick before you go into town, <laughs> get rid of all the stubble, make myself presentable. Indeed. Uh, yes, he is in fact clean shaven, uh, at which point you can see ample laugh lines around uh, both sides of his mouth. He typically wears a well-tailored red suit jacket, uh, with actual tails uh, alongside khaki-colored trousers and a white dress shirt. A cravat hangs from the opening of the suit jacket, and you can actually see the pointy end of a baton sticking out from the jacket as well. Very well. Oh, uh, he probably has a, a straw broad-brimmed hat at this point as well. Uh, going probably straw something... hat, I see. <laughs> yes, well, he picked it up uh, rather hastily because he probably didn't pack for the summer weather. Yes, for the rest of this adventure, I'll picture him in a sombrero. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. He'll blend <laughs> right in. <laughs> this is the only way I can maintain my pasty Taldean appearance. Yes. Uh, I'd hate for people to think that I'm a common worker. Oh, no. Uh, no, nah, just put words, words in the mouth of your character. No. <laughs> but you begin to approach this city. It stands upon a hill, separate from the, uh, again, the aforementioned amber waves of grain that surround <laughs> you in every distance. Uh, mostly, it's actually surrounded by various uh, cattle ranches. And as you begin to approach closer to it, you know that your destination here is Stair, an inland town in far eastern Andoran. Mm. Some distance about almost halfway between your original location in Casimir and Almas, technically just slightly closer to Almas. Mm. Uh, but a more civilized area, as it were, an easier trek to approach from this direction than to just go overland the 150 miles from the Selen River. What? <laughs> As you begin to get closer, you can see a wall surrounding the outside of this city. Uh, the wall itself seemed to be made of tall plaster um, decorated with murals. Hmm. Many of these murals are beautiful in quality, depicting various scenes of patriots um, fighting or 
um, upholding the ideas of possibly democracy. You're not entirely positive, just interpreting from the looks of this. Mm. Although there is a certain amount of a, a cold shiver that maybe runs down your spine as you see a depiction of one of the fabled final blades, this guillotine, Ooh. in the background of one of the shots of these uh, patriotic people uh, screaming know. for justice. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> you pull your, your sombrero a little lower as you make your way <laughs> into town. Yes. Uh... Uh, your straw hat draped down over your face as you mm -hmm. make your way forward. A little bit. In fact, I don't know what skills you have, but in fact, if you have a knowledge geography or a knowledge local, I would allow you to roll either. Eh, they're the same. So let's go for geography. Not bad to start. That is a 12 for a 20 on knowledge geography. Oh, there we go. I've been curious how everyone's luck's going to be, considering that Jordan's luck was obscenely high whenever <laughs> uh, he was doing his little one-on-one -on -one thing. Wow, nice. I mean, it's the duality. I think he started that episode with a 20 and ended it with a 1. Ah, fair enough. You've heard of Stair. This town, again, located uh, here in Andorin, um, in fact, is mostly populated by expatriates from the nation of Galt. Mostly people, many of them artists or philosophers, whose belief in Galton-style freedom or democracy, which is akin to the same beliefs that they have here in Andorin, got them in trouble with the various uh, the Grey Gardeners and various mm. other dangerous sorts in their home nation. Basically, philosophers who, whose philosophy was a little bit too egalitarian or artists whose art pushed the edge a bit too far um, for some people in the government of this uh, supposedly freedom-loving nation of Galt. I see. Driving them to flee from uh, their home nation and settle here in Andorin. Mm. As you ride through the gates and make your way into the town proper, you can see that it is a rather beautifully built community. You know personally that this place is known for its artistry. And as you walk along, there's a certain feeling that um, it gives you a strange feeling akin to your time, uh, Vernon's time in the Kith, in the Kithadorian hmm. Academy in Opara. As you're riding through the town, there's almost this feeling of the commons on a vast university. These artists, these writers, these philosophers, these poets, all living in close proximity to one another. Um, a strange contrast, considering that you can see the sheer number of people that are uh, that obviously fall into that category of these Galton expatriates. Uh, walking side by side or making their way down the same streets as these salt-of-the-earth Andoran natives. These mm -hmm. cattle ranchers, these farmers and such that, uh, that worked the surrounding lands. Creating a, an interesting dynamic. Yes. I dare say Gloriana sent me to the right place after all. <laughs> I was starting to doubt it when I came to Andorin. <laughs> you are aware that this town does produce its fair amount of food stuff. It does grow wheat and barley that is used throughout Andorin, mostly sending that down river. Although considering the river barges here have difficulty or usually um, navigating back and forth mm. because of the shallow nature of the rivers and creeks nearby. Overland tends to be the primary manner of transportation. And most of that is not done by carriage, but by cart. Feasibly, you could have taken a cart to get out of here, but a horse would have been a faster way to go. Yeah, seriously. That being said, the most prosperous export of this town, you are aware, is its residents' production of challenging and stunning works of fiction and art hmm. that have become quite popular amongst Andoran's educated middle class and would be scandalous. Um, back home in your native Taldor. 
Oh, dear. <laughs> or pushing the ideas of uh, government and freedom and, oh, you know, here's a, an Andoran patriot uh, that goes to a, another country and wins out the hearts of the uh, mm. the fair ladies there over the, the foppish nobles. Uh, basically, um, think uh, Quincy from Dracula. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, this cowboy shows up and then. Yeah, and he's you know. <laughs> great and everybody likes him. Uh, spoiler alert, Quincy does not win Lucy. No. Well, it doesn't yeah. work out for anyone in that story, but. No. <laughs> Uh, actually, really doesn't work out for Quincy and Dracula. Spoiler no. for a hundred-year-old novel. Yeah, I was about to say Dr- Dracula's been around for a bit. That's true. Again, much of the uh, the money that's generated, from what you understand, from the sale of this, either goes back into this town, which is part of the reason that the salt of the earth people here are willing to accept all of these uh, Galton writers and philosophers <laughs> <laughs> just sitting around here all day, like sitting under a tree discussing the ideas of democracy. And uh, there is some controversy though, because a great deal of the money generated is actually sent back to Galt. As many of the people here are trying to provide for their families back home in their own nation that couldn't escape the great gardeners or couldn't uh, escape the borders of that nation. Makes sense. As you ride up to the central town square, you see ahead of you is a large community fountain displaying a, a tall towering figure, that of uh, what you believe is one of the Andoran Eagle Knights, judging by his garb, his military clothing, um, mm. his curved saber held up into the air. Beyond that, you see the town's only tavern, uh, which you're going to guess is an inn and tavern, judging by the look of it. A tall three-story affair with a banner that hangs up front, displaying on it this uh, this blue Phrygian cap. I'm sure it has a different name in Taldor or in uh, Galarian. Probably, yes. We'll go with that. Liberty Cap. <laughs> Sitting in front of this building on the cobblestone streets are a number of small tables, uh, comfortably set for um, as many as four or five people. Some of these are populated by these writers. Again, it gives you the feel of the Kithadorian, where it's these uh, these young people discussing their ideas and all the rest of that, um, mm. sitting around at this cafe, basically located in front of this tavern. A far cry, much more almost Galton, as far as uh, the cafe is concerned, than huh. the uh, Andoran, where you've stopped, stopped thus far, and it's been a lot of uh, rough-hewn tables and people enjoying a good beer after a hard day of work. Mm. Sitting at one of these is a man who upon seeing you begin to approach, stands up to his feet, standing out as much, if not actually more, than the uh, the Galton natives now transplanted to Andoran. As he is a young man, you're going to say perhaps of, uh, of average height and build, with auburn hair and a well-trimmed beard. Although you can tell, and you know, that this man is not of true noble heritage. He dresses in dark red noble's attire, the attire of a Taldane noble, um, which seems mm. to get, get him the occasional glances from the uh, the various revolutionary-minded people here. <laughs> um, as he stands to his feet, he quickly buckles on his rapier that he had removed while he was sitting uh, and makes his way forward, holding up a hand in greeting as I suppose you uh, ride up and mm. dismount. Yes, very awkwardly dismount. I can get it out to the mm, stupid stirrups. <sighs> Struggle briefly. Managed to yeah. get off the horse without falling. Yes. <laughs> How many ranks of ride do you have? None. Ah, yes. <laughs> the man uh, gives you a broad smile as he approaches, bows at the waist. Well met, my noble lord. Ah, well met, yes. Um, Romario Alcosti, correct? You are correct, sir. And you must be Lord Vernon of House Kastner. Indeed, got it in one. Ah, he smiles, extends a hand in the, uh, the polite fashion. I'll go in and take it. I cannot say how glad I am that you are here. <laughs> well, that makes one of us, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm here to help. Of course. <laughs> uh, trust me. Don't, uh, someone leans in. Don't try the wine here. Mm. Certainly not Galton. 
<laughs> oh dear. Uh, regardless, I trust that your uh, your voyage wasn't too unpleasant. No, it's probably good for me to get out of the get out of the house every once in a while, take a look around. So, um, are you going to need some time to uh, to recuperate, or uh, shall we get to business? Might as well get to business. I feel like I might just fall straight asleep if you were to leave me my own devices. Good, good. Um, well, I suppose we can uh, we can walk and talk if you so wish. Um, he excuses himself, quickly pays out. You're going to guess the man at the counter. Uh, has a person retrieve his own horse and resaddle it for him, as you're going to guess he's probably been staying here for maybe a day or two. Mm. He doesn't seem so comfortable that he's been here for a long period of time, or so uncomfortable that he has been here for an extraordinarily short period of time. Mm. Eventually, though, he saddles up, uh, struggling basically as much as you. <laughs> kind of settles into the saddle. Mm. Uh, noble, noble steeds. He yes. pats the side of his horse. Absolutely. This one uh, had a name. I don't recall it off the top of my head. The horse gives you a look like it doesn't care to tell you its name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're reading into it. Mm. Ah, so uh, so perhaps we should uh, we should make our way. We'll uh, we'll ride and walk and talk, as they say. Right. Uh, so uh, first off, I'm pleased to meet another of Lady Marilla's uh, numerous friends. She seems <laughs> to be extraordinarily popular. <laughs> well, she is quite wonderful, that's for sure. Ah, uh, yes, yes, she is. And her willingness to help me in this, uh, what I will say, is noble quest, I greatly appreciate. Uh, we have definitely made some headway, and uh, I've gathered a fair amount of information, but not all of the information I have been hunting for. Uh, and Lady Marilla told me that you are the man to assist me in this difficult task I had have ahead. Did she now? Ah, yes. Uh, don't worry, there should be no danger, uh, or anything along those lines. Oh, God, she promised no danger? Well, I, I promised no danger when I told her, and she told me that you would be the man for the job. Ah, well, that actually makes me feel quite a bit better. Yes, Oof. so no uh, no rat people, or angry druids, or um, giant scorpions, or anything to deal what? with. No, that's that's all notwithstanding, don't worry. What? Well, let me get to, to why I've uh, I've asked you to uh, to leave the beautiful lands of, of Taldor and come to this. Uh, mm. It kind of glances a little sideways towards the surrounding buildings. Uh, quaint former province. I have been exchanging correspondence. Um, you you know the case of my my family uh, that we lost our our noble title following the. I believe they call it the Even Tongue Conquest here, the Even Tongue Rebellion, more like it. Um, my noble ancestor fought in Andorin. Uh, my family lands are, in fact, in Taldor. Hmm. Not here, not part of these provinces. We're, in fact, part of the, uh, uh, just on the this far southern edge of the world's edge mountains. Um, Storm Grey Range. Indeed. Over by White March, that area. Nor north from there, no. Um, in the uh, the Karis Prefecture, the northern uh, uh, world's edge mountains. I see, I see. So not so far from uh, Kazum and your own lands in Oparis. Hmm. Unfortunately, our noble titles were stripped of us, as well as our lands, and a great deal of information was lost when my family's uh, county was taken from them and given to the undeserving. Hmm. But I, I don't mean to disparage upon another noble house. Obviously, I'm, uh, I'm not one to talk, considering my lack of station, but uh, regardless, um, I've been exchanging correspondence with my cousin, Verena Alcosti. Hmm. You see, my family, much like your own, Lord Kastner, um, had both a central branch in Taldor itself and then a branch outside of Taldor. Yours were in central Chiliax, I believe. 
Correct, yes. Yes, and uh, mine were in eastern Chilex, which would eventually become Andoran, as it is split off now. Hmm. And uh, fortunately, um, again, I don't mean to bring up a sore subject or anything, uh, you know, my, my family here, rather than uh, gaining any sort of uh, notoriety such as yours has, um, instead, more simply fell by the wayside. Yes, I see. And they moved to this uh, this quiet, quaint area here, and uh, here they remained. But my cousin Verena is, uh, though Andoran born, she has a deep love of the history of the old country. And um, I believe they called them uh, uh, Taldophiles or something like that. <laughs> Do they really? Yes, yes. She has uh, she has the commemorative plates from the uh-huh. coronation of the Grand Prince. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Follows all the royal family news and baby births. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <So ridiculous>. yes. <laughs> Rachel will be so offended she's a little Anglophile herself. <laughs> uh, but at any rate... She is the only family member who is as interested as I am in the cause of restoring my ancestor Onaria's good name um, and our family's standing, though she has little to benefit from it personally, being that she is a Andoran, born not a touting citizen. Hmm. However, as my family lost all of its uh, lands and eventually were first forced to leave our county in Karis, uh, many of our um, effects um, left Opar entirely. Uh, my family, my family line, remained in Opara, and uh, we were, shall we say, uh, quite um, um, of poor means. And so my family sold off many of their uh, their relics, sometimes to uh, other noble families, sometimes to other lands entirely. Mm. Uh, many of them, however, were gifted to our uh, cousins in Andoran. I see. Those of no true monetary value, but my family, um, shall we say, my my great-great-grandfather somewhat believed in embracing the um, the position, no longer living, as it were, in the history of our family, and more embracing where our family is. Um, a belief that I do not share with him, as I think uh, it is more than time that my family reclaims the honor that they once had. At any rate, many of these uh, items of less value made their way here to uh, Verena's farm, uh, she keeps a wonderful collection. Um, you could even call it a museum, as uh, some of the locals have informed me that uh, they could go there and uh, she would show them has an entire wing, I suppose, of her farmhouse dedicated to, I don't think her farmhouse has wings, but you understand what I mean, uh, a room of her farmhouse dedicated to uh, uh, the history of our noble family. Intriguing. And you suspect perhaps there's some clue there that may exonerate your family. Oh, yes. Um, Well, you see, she curates these paintings, these uh, heirlooms, old records and such from Alcosti's glory days. I'll be honest. You exit and make your way out from the gate from the city and begin to uh, to head out into the hinterlands surrounding the town. I'll be honest, I don't know how she manages it with uh, what I can only assume is the backbreaking work of running a farm as well. (laughs) I understand she is a woman of some age, but... uh, Unfortunately, seems to be the last of her line. Although I do understand that there are some more Alcosti that live in uh, Almas. Intriguing. But she revealed to me in a letter I exchanged with her recently um, something remarkable. Hmm. She is in possession of uh, letters from the Taldane branch of the family to the Andoran branch of the family. Some of them dating back um, six, seven hundred years, all the way back to the time of Onaria. Hmm. 
She believes she's in fact in possession of a diary written by a Countess Onaria herself, um, and importantly, a letter. She told me that the, well, collection is somewhat, it kind of waves a hand in the air, um, mm. disorganized. And uh, ah. Gloriana informed me that you are a, a, a man of a very, shall we say, structured nature in mind. Indeed. Um, I'm quite used to taming files that have been misplaced or otherwise uh, run afoul of mischief. Ah. Well then, your skills will be excellently served here. Apparently, uh, she hasn't had the time to read or catalog everything. Uh, she mentioned something about uh, a flood or some water damage that she was forced to uh, remove the objects, oh, uh, anything of that matter, and uh, move it up to the basement or up to the uh, move it up to the attic. I was and, say, don't uh, move it up to the basement. Yes, down to the basement. Uh, <laughs> put it down there where this will be safe from the water. It'll be nice and damp in here. <laughs> Plenty of mold. <laughs> yes, all the things that paper wants. Yes. Uh, moved it up to the attic uh, where it would be safe. And uh, I understand this was some decade ago now, but mm. apparently uh, in the rush to move it to safety, it became quite scattered and she didn't quite uh, reorganize it as well as it could have been. A I task see. that she has, says uh, she has meant to get to every weekend since and has never managed to do so. Hmm. Um, like painting a fence, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Time does get away from us all, doesn't it? It's true. However, when I asked her, she did say that one of the letters is to her ancestor, hmm. a uh, Genoris Alcosti. Now, Genoris apparently uh, was a, a close cousin of Onaria. Hmm and uh, received a letter from the family when Countess Onaria passed away. Is Janaris perhaps named after the Grand Prince of the same name? Uh, I was unaware that there was a Grand Prince named that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, perhaps there was some sort of connection. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be intriguing. But, um, but uh, yes, um, the letter does seem to mention the, uh, the death of Countess Onaria. And I know Onaria was the last of the Alcosti line to be buried in the Alcosti family crypts back in our homeland. Um, from what I understand, the family that became the Counts and Countesses of Storm Grey Range decided to uh, uh, give her that final honor, despite the loss of her noble status, to be buried in our family's ancestral crypts. Uh, unfortunately, though, the location of the crypts have been lost. I have not mm. been able to find any record of it, and even reaching out to the current Count of, uh, of Storm Grey, I have not been able to uh, ascertain its location. It is my hope that the journal, supposedly in the uh, the hands of my cousin here, will provide some, shall we say, reveal more of the family's glory during the Eventongue Rebellion, and that this letter may reveal the location of the lost Alcosti crypt. Ah, I see, yes. See how that would be very invaluable. Oh, quite. And um, uh, again, I don't mean to overstep, um, especially to someone above my station, such as you are. I'll be honest, I'm not used to hearing anybody say that. <laughs> well, it it is a, a shame what has happened to the Kastner family. Mm. And um, I should hope uh, that perhaps once I can reclaim, uh, I don't know whether or not I will receive my county again, um, but a barony at the very least, I'm rather certain. Perhaps once yeah. I have some, uh, some position, I may be able to help your family as well. And I think if anyone can understand wishing to reconnect to their family's history... Uh, it would be a member of the noble house Kastner. I suppose you do have a point there. Regardless, though, I did. Uh, I wrote to her um, after mm. I found out this information. I will admit I have been, uh, shall we say, run ragged. Um, I have been up and down the jagged saw um, all the way from 
the Viridian forest um, all the way down south into Kadira uh, in recent uh, weeks. Be gads, man. One cannot simply sleep on these matters and uh, must quickly take things into their own hands. Regardless, I'm hoping that uh, upon arriving, um, we'll be well received. I wrote a letter to her that uh, we were coming, but this was some weeks back, and I unfortunately have not been back home to uh, to see if she sent me a responding letter. Uh. Um, I imagine, of course, that she's very busy and such, uh, but uh, I assure you she loves visitors. Well, good. That, that's good to hear. I was hoping perhaps you could tell me a little bit about yourself, my lord. Um, I, I like to, I've gotten to know many of your, uh, your friends, your compatriots, as it were. Indeed. Count, uh, Falspar and Count, uh, Dinzarni. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, they, they've been extraordinarily, I, I will simply state that I could not have accomplished everything that I have without their assistance. I mean, what's to tell? Um, I am something of a, a traveling, well, these days traveling, uh, composer, um, I have uh, studied at the Cathrodian Academy and, uh, of course, graduated with honors. Uh, something that I'm rather proud of. I understand your family has a long history with the Kith. Indeed. Uh, in fact, uh, I attended at the same time as my cousin. Um, it was interesting to be able to attend classes and uh, have her support from time to time. Uh, there's nothing more important than family. Uh, I can agree to that. But... Um, from there, uh, I specialized mostly in uh, music composition, and I spent a great deal of time actually organizing their music library as well. So, um, uh, filing and uh, sorting is something that I'm quite familiar with. <laughs> so you are just the man for the job. Yes, it would seem so. In fact, I'm rather pleased that uh, Lady Marilla has sent me on a mission that I am well suited for for once. <laughs> uh, for once, is this a common task for you? <laughs> I see. Uh, uh, there's a lot I will do for friends. Hmm. And, well, there's a lot I will do for friends. Well, they're, they are lucky to have you. And I do hope, my lord, that, uh, that very soon you'll be willing to count me amongst your noble friends. Hmm. Indeed so. Uh, it's been a rather pleasant conversation so far. Yes, it has. I'm always pleased to speak to another uh, intellectual. I do not have an artistic bone in my body. Uh, what's the old saying? I couldn't draw a stick figure if I wanted to, and uh, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, uh, as they would say here. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm more, uh, I do certainly understand the, uh, uh, shall we say, organizational side of things. I do work a, a simple job, although an important one amongst the uh, Oparan bureaucracy. Um, I believe Indeed. I have been uh, uh, dismissively referred to as a bean counter. Hmm. But one must count the beans to make certain that one has enough to uh, make it through the winter. Um, True. And so I've managed to make a, a massive fair fortune hmm. um, by living both frugally, as I am a man of, uh, um, shall we say, a very frugal nature, um, as well as simply uh, dedicating myself my time. So, uh, yes, I've spent most of my days as a uh, uh, more of a scrivener, as it were. Interesting. Still really trying hard not to make Bartleby jokes. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> I'd prefer not to. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I, I do greatly appreciate your coming here. And uh, again, I think that we shall find uh, an interesting adventure ahead of us. Uh, hopefully it, we should be able to find the information we need uh, relatively quickly and we can make a, a, a fine return back to Opara. Indeed. Uh, in the meantime, I suppose, uh, let us continue. Hmm. You ride for some time, 
you pass by various small farms. Verena's homestead is isolated, uh, several miles further away, even from Stair. And it takes the better part of about two hours, even on horseback, to navigate your way out there. Jeez. The final trek of it is a footpath that is only about as wide for a single horse. Hmm. Um, certainly not wide enough for anything like anything more than a single horse-drawn cart that navigates its way along the rocky ridges as the uh, the ground here becomes somewhat more rocky, more difficult to pass before you begin to eventually approach towards, uh, you're going to guess your destination. Up ahead of you, you see fields of crops with a squat, single-roofed farmhouse uh, sitting at one side, a path making its way from the farmhouse down to these vast uh, rows that stretch off into the distance. Again, it's not an exceptionally large farm, although uh, the ground here being somewhat uh, more rocky, you don't think that this area is good for the growing of wheat or grain. However, you're going to guess the climate here is decent enough for the growing of grapes. Mm. This vineyard is uh, rather well tended and uh, cared for, although there's a certain amount of, uh, you're not certain if it is uh, a lack of care on the part of Romario Alcosti's cousin, or more of a matter of uh, one apparently somewhat elderly woman mm -hmm. um, out here trying to take care of a farm entirely on her own. But there's a certain lack of care, um, as if it hasn't been uh, tended to as well as it should be. Mm. A pair of clay pots sits on either side of the front door to the farmhouse, filled with cheerful yellow marigolds mm. um, that give the place a rather quaint feeling to it. Um, the farmhouse is, again, old. However, it looks well tended to, or at the very least, it looks well loved. Mm. It's obvious that, you know, some of the shingles need replacing, although not so much as that it's in terrible condition. The coat of paint on the outside of it is flaking in places, although the building doesn't look to be neglected. However, as you approach closer towards it, there's a certain trepidation that settles in. The farm is quiet. Off towards one side, you see a large open area, probably for the care of maybe a horse or two, although you see no sign of a horse. Mm. As you get a little closer, a chicken, surprisingly, um, seems to just be wandering the yard, clucking softly to itself and eyeing in your direction before beginning to trot its way a little bit further away from the footpath. And you can see as you get a little closer, broken boards have been nailed over the windows and the door. Hmm. Romario is just in the process of telling you about a recent opera that he attended um, and uh -huh. seems to have noticed none of this as you begin to make your approach. Good, 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 good. Of course, of course it would be like this. Uh, I'm sorry, my lord? Uh, things seem to be not quite the way they should be around here. He eyes forward. Um, yes, it, it does seem to be somewhat uh, in ill repair and... I would say boarded over windows wasn't exactly the uh, the feel that I'd received from my exchanges with my cousin. No, usually they try to keep the livestock well defended. And there's a chicken about to run out in front of my horse. All right, stop, stop, hold, halt, hold, yes. The horse nickers in annoyance. Sorry, I don't know the right command. Uh, perhaps something untoward has happened. I do hope that the books are all right. And your cousin, of course. Oh, yes, yes, and my cousin. Right. Well, let's, um, I suppose, dismount and uh, take a look around. He nods, uh, dismounts as well, uh, awkwardly ties off the reins of his horses to a nearby bush. 
<laughs> I probably do the same. I honestly have no idea how to care for a horse. All right. Let's see here. I mean, if everything's boarded up, there's a non-zero chance she might just be in there and hiding. Would you be willing to call out to her? Yes, yes, of course. Um, I suppose we should make our way up. Hmm. A begins to make his way forward. Again, when you first met this man, he does come across as a certain amount of a, shall we say, a fop and <laughs> a pencil pusher. A little bit. A man after your own heart. <laughs> um, however, even as he, he dismounts, begins to approach, he reaches down and with the practice ease of experience, jiggles his sword in its sheath to loosen it after riding for some time. Mm. All right. Um, he approaches towards the building, stops a good maybe 10, 15 paces away. Uh, excuse me, Cousin Verena, it's it's Romario. Uh, we've come to see you. I sent you a letter. I'm, I'm joined by the noble Lord Castor. Yes, hello. I'm I'm uh, here to to assist. Yes, uh, may may we come closer? Uh, it would seem that you uh you boarded up your house, <laughs> which has made us somewhat concerned. There is no response. Although as you approach a little closer, mm. you can see strangely graffiti has been written over the front door. Oh God! Yeah, this does not bode well. No, it does not. Uh, can I make out what the graffiti says or represents? Um, what languages do you speak? Alrighty. Uh, as far as Lord Reveal Castor, now, I believe, uh, for the audience, as you're pulling out your, your bardic, uh, <laughs> I'm a bard, I know everything. I am a bard, I know I know many things, maybe not everything. Uh, however, I do speak, of course, common, as well as draconic, elven, and kellish. As you step forward, you do know what this says as hmm. painted in draconic across the front of this door oh no are the words keep out Romario does your cousin happen to be a expert in the um draconic tongue not that I know no I find it somewhat unlikely yes <sighs> that can mean many many things um give me just a moment please of course before we go forward, I'd like to go on ahead and actually cast heroism on myself. Very well. Uh, what is your perform? Uh, actually, I have both sing and keyboard. However, I doubt there's a piano conveniently <laughs> around here. I pull out a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, sing a little tune to myself, a little, um, perhaps a bit of a heroic march. Oh, yes. Oh. If truth be told, if it is of any benefit, while I do not possess uh, set magic myself, uh, I am a bard as well of some uh, capability. Indeed. Uh, not uh, classically trained, such as yourself. Mm, quite all right. I mean, we may or may not run into some sort of danger here, but... Best to be prepared. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you sing, uh, sing a quick couple notes. Uh, feel the invigorating, heroic energy flow into you uh, as you feel slightly less scared. It's a little bit, yeah. It is a morale bonus. I do feel a bit better. That's true. All right. Well, I suppose we approach, uh, try to get inside. Should we check and see if any of the windows or anything else are open? Mm, not a bad idea. I'm a little concerned now if we are facing uh, um, some sort of threat here that uh, we've announced our presence. True. I can be quite quiet when I need to be, though. Fair enough. I'm not the quietest, but I can at the very least hold my own. As in, I don't really have any ranks in stealth, but I have a decent deck score and not really much in the way of armor check penalty. Yeah, fair enough. Then yeah, let's go ahead and try to sneak around, maybe do a perimeter of the uh, outside of the building, just so that way we have an idea of what's going on. Uh, Romario steps back, lets you kind of take point, since uh, 
Fair enough. Um, even if you're not adventurer, adventurer, um, you have more experience <laughs> with this than he does. It's true. Um, so are you circling around uh, to the uh, the right or the left of the front of the building? Again, you stand here in this, uh, the basically the yard in front of the house. Uh, behind you, you can see the various rows of the, uh, the vineyard stretching away for some distance. And you can see a large yard off towards the left-hand side that you assume is probably, again, for horses or such. Hmm. Like I said previously, when you approached, that chicken retreated from you. Uh, retreated towards the back of the house, if that's of any matter. Uh, let's go around to the left, then. Why not? So go ahead and make me a stealth roll. I shall. <laughs> that's not great, but we'll do what we can. So that is a 7 for an 11. That is including the heroism bonus. So you crouch, you make your way forward, um, trying to stay as quiet as you can. Approach the... from where you are, the left-hand side. Mm -hmm. As you reach this side... You duck past a, a large set of double windows, almost these quite, not quite bay windows. They extend a little bit out, but not enough to uh, actually create the, the little niche inside. But these double windows that have been barred up and then step around the corner, revealing what appears to be a path that circles around the side. And again, you see a, a horse cart, mm -hmm. um, as well as a nearby trough and a place to tie up a horse. But no horse. No horse. Interesting. You can see that there's kind of a worn trail that circles around the uh, side of the house and leads towards the back of the structure. I suppose uh, continue around uh, to head toward the back. Of course, I'm right behind you. Right. Circling around, go ahead and make me a second stealth check. Hey, that is a perfect 20 for a 24. Ah, silent as the night. Yes. You crouch. You circle around the left side of the, the building, staying low. Um, again, I believe, uh, I think you also rock the rapier. Yes, indeed. I haven't drawn it yet, but I'm considering yeah. doing so. Uh, bounces uh, bounces on your hip as you circle around to the side. Again, maybe even thinking to yourself, uh, I really shouldn't have worn my red jacket today. It's not exactly <laughs> the stealthiest of things, but no. Considering Romario is also wearing, a, you know, a red jacket and a, a large uh, hat with an ostrich feather, <laughs> which is a little different than the straw hat that you're still rocking as you make yeah, your way the, around the side. At the very least, my straw hat helps me blend in. I'll have That's you true. know. They'll never see me coming. <laughs> you circle around the side in the back, um, revealing a small yard in the back where you can see a water pump. You can tell that the house extends out to this point, although it then seems to, uh, to cut back in like there's a small fenced in yard. Uh, behind this structure. Although from here, you can't quite see what's in said yard. Still no indication of any occupants, so uh, let's keep going. Uh, yes. Hopefully we should be able to find something soon. Yes, I hope so. At the very least, maybe an easier way inside, or some indication of what the hells is going on around here. Yes, I quite agree. Making your way forward, go ahead and make me another uh, stealth check. <laughs> The dice giveth and the dice taketh away. That is a natural one for a five. So you crouch, you make your way forward. As you begin to approach the uh, the corner here, you step fully forward to basically step uh, almost around the corner to reveal a about a 10 foot uh, deep, about 30 foot long uh, fenced in yard here where you can hmm. see a number of nests, uh, chickens and such. Uh, it appears that the gate leading into here has been uh, broken and many of the the pickets for this fence have been removed. Huh. Uh, you think to board up the windows and the door. Yeah. Makes sense. You think you're doing relatively well as you're kind of crouching there, keeping your rapier on the, on the side as you start to look over here, take a step forward before hearing a, a loud screech and probably somewhat yelling yourself in surprise as you step on a chicken, uh, which ah! quickly goes scuttering off. The other chickens eye you ruefully. What? I Look, I, I w didn't mean to. <laughs> Why am I uh, talking to chickens? 
as you uh, as you kind of crouch low here. Um, go ahead and actually make me a perception roll. Oh, um, all right. That's a uh, thirteen for a twenty-three. As you kind of you consider this, you glance around. You wait in anticipation. You can see two more windows back here, also boarded up, as well as a door off towards one side. Mm. Um, that you're going to assume is just the back door, um, with a few small steps that lead down into this backyard. Your eye, however, is drawn off towards the left-hand side, where you can see an area, um, probably feel a little cold chill run down your back. As you can see an area roughly five and a half feet by two and a half feet of uh, broken up ground, a small, roughly human-sized mound of mm. dirt some distance away uh, off and ahead into your left. Oh, gods. Yeah. Have you seen something I haven't? Or was it the, the chicken? Not this time, no. To the left. Do you see that mound? Oh. Yes. Well, this doesn't bode well. No. And I pray it isn't your cousin, but should I'm we, sorry. Should we investigate it, or should we make our way inside? It might be easier if we knew for sure one way or the other. Uh, very well. Uh, lead on. I will, I will stay. Uh, I'll keep watch. Right. Yes. Oh, I don't want to do this. Um, as he plods forward toward the mound. Making your way forward. Again, you are a noble lord and all the rest of that stuff, but you have also been aiding um, for some time, Gloriana, on her various uh, tasks. Uh, this one being the first time you've been forced to go alone. Although not mm. completely alone, as you do have Romario here. For what that's worth. For what that's worth. <laughs> I mean, he seems to be okay so far. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, as you kind of you come over here, you consider, probably even consider a moment of like, well, this is a farm, maybe there's a shovel or something. This is an extraordinarily shallowly dug hole. Mm. In that really it only takes a little bit of effort, considering how loose the dirt is. Mm. That it looks like someone dug down maybe six inches or so. Oh, God before giving up, simply placing a bundled figure, a, uh, a wrapped figure here in a patchwork quilt. Mm. Uh, removing the wrappings, you find the, uh, not extraordinarily, but obviously still steadily decaying body of a human woman, probably in her early 80s. Mm. Uh, you may make a hill check if you so wish. Mm. Not great at those, but I do have heroism. Eh, that is a seven for a 10. You can't be sure how long she's been dead. Again, this grave is quite shallow, and you don't appear to have been the first creature to dig at it. Mm. That being said, you're going to guess, uh, as far as any of the other creatures that may have, the the quilt here is curious, because the, the wrapping in the quilt seems almost cared for. The hands are actually folded on the chest in a an aspect of repose, which seems odd um, yeah. if someone showed up here and killed her. In addition to that, you can't find any wounds on her. Huh. Looking over it, I'm sorry to say, Romario, I believe this is your cousin. Oh, gods. Yes. I May she rest in peace. Um, yes. That said, um, there doesn't seem to be any sort of wound that I can find. I also think whoever buried her here maybe had to do it hastily, but they tried to give us some sort of dignity in death. Dignity? Oh, she's buried in a a quilt meant to serve as a funerary cloth, and moreover, they actually took the time to pose her hands in repose. Yeah, and then why would they board up the house and place a warning sign to keep out? I don't know. This is getting curiouser and curiouser. 
And if there is somebody there, they never answered our hail. Well, I suppose then we must, uh, must carry on. Yes, as best we can. I suppose into the house. Should we head around to the front, or should we try the door here? If this is some form of misunderstanding, then perhaps heading into the front may not be a bad idea. Perhaps they're as scared as we are. Uh, very well, I will, uh, I will let you lead on. Very well. Uh, yeah, at this point, I think, uh, go on ahead and start heading up toward the front. So, circling around back to the front, again, you approach the doors, um, the flower pots sit on either side. Do you have nature? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, go ahead and make me a knowledge nature check. <laughs> that is a natural one for an 11. Yeah, you just kind of glance over the flowers and begin to make your way up towards the door. You're, you're a little distracted from exhuming a dead body. Yeah, a little bit. Uh... All right, I'm going to take a look over the door first, just in case whoever's here has laid some sort of device to keep us from meddling with them. Ah, uh, yes. I will try a perception check for traps on the door. Go ahead and roll it for me. That is a 12 for a 22. With a 22, no sign of traps. Uh, again, you do note the, the door here is boarded over to bar easy access to the door. Mm -hmm. However, the nails are barred across the door frame. Uh, and this door, as many front doors do, opens into the house. So mm. it's more, they seem to have placed the boards up here as both a uh, deterrent as well as a place to place their graffiti as they wrote them on the uh, the planks of this. Hmm. Um, however, there's nothing stopping you from ducking under the boards and entering the house uh, were it not locked, of which you can ascertain ah. if you look over this, that uh, it is secured with a rusty old lock. Not trapped. Not Not like that, but it is locked. Give me just a moment. I'll fiddle in my belt pouch and pull out my thieves tools. Oh, by gods, you do come prepared. To be honest, I used to practice on trying to get into the, um, shall we say, uh, historical archives that weren't meant for all of the students, but uh, I had a bit of curiosity. Ah, I see. Well, I will, uh, I will not stand in the way of a quester after knowledge. <laughs> oh, gods. Uh, <laughs> I will go ahead and try disable device. Eh, it's not bad. It's a nine for a 19. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple farmhouse lock. Um, yeah. You take a couple of seconds, uh, pick at this. Eventually, you hear the uh, the tumblers fall into place, and then, I suppose, uh, return your, your picks back to the satchel that you carry them in. Mm. All right. I suppose we should be ready for anything. I will go on ahead and draw my rapier, I think, just in case. Mario saying you do so, we'll, uh, we'll also draw his rapier, as we'll see what the power of double bard can do. <laughs> <laughs> Twice the bard for <laughs> half the price. We'll sing at all of our problems. <laughs> I suppose reaching out, opening up the door, you know, you can just see the, uh, you can see a short distance into the darkened farmhouse interior within. I don't see anybody immediately. I have a light spell prepared if we need to use it. Yes, as do I. Perhaps we should go on ahead and try them now. Very well. Uh, so I suppose you quickly cast off a light spell. Yeah. I suppose probably on like, you know, your signet ring uh, or I yeah, you know what? Signet ring sounds fun. Let's do that. Clenching your fist and seeing as the light plays into uh, a small entry area, um, itself only about 15 feet ahead of you. Off towards the right, you can see a door. Off towards the left, you can see what looks to be a dining area. Hmm. Um, fairly large over there, an area of about 20 feet um, at a side, with a dining table large enough to comfortably sit six. Um, however, it looks like only one seat, basically the seat at the head of the table closest to the archway that leads in towards a... Uh, a kitchen um, seems to have probably been used in recent time. Hmm. A number of papers lay scattered across the top of the table, um, almost as if someone had been recently in the process of uh, trying to catalog or look through some things. 
Beyond there, you can see uh, two wide sets of windows that would provide a great deal of natural light in here were the curtains not drawn and the windows boarded over. Hmm. Past this dining area, you can see an archway again uh, with a curtain, although the curtain is currently open. And past that in the dim illumination at the edge of your light spell, you can see looks to be maybe a kitchen. Hmm. Well, I suppose we could either head out into the kitchen or try our door over here to the right. Do you happen to know what's beyond that door? Oh, no. Unfortunately, my uh, cousin never provided me any uh, details on her home. Uh, Only that she kept a museum here, that she lived here. So bedroom must be somewhere nearby in the museum as well. Right. Suppose... Those papers look tempting, but I think we should probably try to make sure this area is clear first before we start sifting through them. Uh, I agree. Uh, to the right, then. Head to the door. You step forward, making your way into the room, approaching the door off towards the right-hand side as uh, Romario follows up behind you. The entirety of this farmhouse, there's still there's a disturbing quality to this place. Mm. Because it feels so homey. Mm. The walls here are covered in pictures and portraits. Um, Some of them of rather good quality. The entirety of the house has a certain old feel to it. Like even as you step forward, um, you can see that there's almost a discoloration in the the wood on the floor from the passage of feet over years, generations of family here. There's a distinct smell to the place that is pleasant. It smells like chamomile. Hmm. There's just something homey about this place, which makes the extraordinary quiet that much more disturbing can't say I like this should never have been disrupted like this Mm, I quite agree hopefully we can find those responsible and uh, uh, bring them to justice and uh, uh, locate what we're here for right Uh, let me check over this door as well just in case seems right to be thorough so, going ahead and uh, let's let's take another look at one of the doors with a perception check. All right. Uh, nine for a 19. You step forward, you pause, you kind of glance over this. No, looks clear. There's no lock on this interior door. All right. On three. He nods. One, two, three. And I'll go ahead and open up the door. Kicking open the door, SWAT team style. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's my other character. <laughs> yep. You push open the door and... Again, you're not quite positive maybe what you're expecting. Hmm. The door opens up into a chamber. On average, maybe about 15 feet across, uh, running the entire full length of this side of the house. So the better part of about 35 feet or so. The chamber is filled with items of, you guess, antiquity. Again, display cases line the outside of this room. Paintings and tapestries cover the walls from floor to ceiling. As you look over the surrounding walls, you can see maps of various lands, uh, mostly Taldor and its various previous prefectures. You can see portraits of numerous noble-esque looking figures, some of them engaged in great acts of heroism or valor. Off towards your side is a table covered with At first, your thought is maybe detritus almost, but as you look at it, you see a broken sword shattered into pieces, what looks to be various uh, carnival masks, gemstones, crystals, amulets, Mm -hmm. uh, what honestly looks to be maybe the broken, the hatched egg of some sort of uh, creature, considering the egg itself is a foot and a half long. Wow. um, Of what you're not certain. Off towards the left-hand side, you see a display rack of various weapons. 
um, swords, uh, the shattered remnants of a lance, uh, basically placed on a large placard. Jeez. Ahead of you, you can see um, noble dresses, what appears to be a woman's wedding dress, as well as uh, what looks to be maybe a dress for possibly a masquerade, huh. um, judging by its bright colors in the plumed mask. Uh, past that is a set of uh, actual full plate armor on a, uh, a full-sized mannequin. And as you step further into the room, you can see off towards your left-hand side, it continues for a short distance down before ending at a large table uh, flanked on either side by bookcases uh, filled with what seem to be not published works, but maybe journals, historical records, family genealogies, mm. um, all laid out here in this collection of uh, the heritage of the Alcosti family. We found the museum section. Oh, yes, we have. <sighs> There's a great deal in here. Indeed there is. Though, I do note not to weigh up into the attic. Uh, no. Perhaps we could uh, try the next door then. Hopefully we can find whomever is responsible, but... Romario, like, kind of glances around the room. He furrows his brow a little bit. It is curious, though. Mm, what is? Any of these things are of great value. That suit of armor alone is more than the average peasant would make in five years if you were to take it and sell it. But it's been left undisturbed. True. It's quite odd. Again, very curious, yes. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a mystery we're going to solve by standing here. Uh, no, you're quite right. <laughs> Again, it's not something I'm used to hearing. I can get used <laughs> to that. <laughs> I will allow you to go and make a perception roll. Alright, that's a 12 for a 22. You note two things of curiosity. First off, Romario's estimate is not correct, hmm. in that there does appear to be a single missing thing um, in a wall rack display of various uh, pole arms, basically set up so that there's like hooks parallel to one another to support the shafts of these pole arms. Hmm. One of the weapons there is missing hmm. in the center of this rack. What significance that has, you have no idea. Yeah, that is odd, though. The second thing you note are quiet voices. This low, almost sibilant hissing sound, punctuated by the occasional, almost snap or bark, mm -hmm. that you recognize as the draconic tongue. As you focus on it, again, you can hear multiple voices, more than two, um, less than a half dozen. However, they seem to be coming from behind the door up ahead, and they seem to be quite quiet, as if they are aware that there's someone nearby, mm. but are still continuing a discussion. They've not exactly been stealthy at this point. No, I think after you stepped on the chicken, you gave up on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah. However, you do hear the occasional words of, it's weird, but you hear the occasional words of things like liberty or democratic. What? Romario. Yes. Um, you're probably not going to believe me, but uh, in the room ahead, I think I'm beginning to hear voices. Speaking of the draconic tongue, and they are having, I think, a spirited conversation about liberty? I will admit that's quite strange. I mean, if I'm hearing it correctly, which, who knows, I might not be, but um, as far as I can tell, yeah. there are definitely occupants in the room ahead, though, so we should be cautious as we approach. I'm right behind you. He reinforces. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mention the, the missing weapon for now. I mean, at the very least, it is curious, but there's not much I think we can do about it at the moment. So I suppose you uh, you make your way forward towards the door? Yep. You approach steadily closer to the door. As you basically like round the corner, 
you step on one of these again this is a well-worn house you step on a, a creaky board mm. it lets a soft creak out honestly you consider it to be nearly imperceptible with the exception that the voices suddenly stop <sighs> all right let's try it uh, i'll look over the door real quick just to make sure though okay go ahead and make me a perception roll uh, that is a two for 12 looks clear all right let's go uh, Vernon opens the door. You step forward. Well, you breathe for a second to calm yourself. Feeling that, that pleasant sensation of your heroism still in effect. Yeah, that's very very nice. Very handy. Very reinforcing. Yes. Reach out, checking over the door uh, before basically beginning to uh, push it open. As you do. Having unfortunately not noticed <laughs> the thread, the twine attached to the door handle. Oh, no. I feel like I'm about to find out what happened to that pole arm. As you push this open, there is a swinging spear <laughs> that pivots down from the ceiling and stabs at you as you open the door. <laughs> Excellent. Of course, the one time there is a trap. <laughs> I was like, man, Ross is actually searching. Maybe he's going to find one of these. So that is a 24 to strike Vernon. <laughs> Yep, that'll that'll hit. As you open this, a spear slides down, slams, striking you um, basically just over in like your right side, just under where your shoulder is. <coughs> slams into you for six points of damage as it Ow. rocks you back. The door flies open to reveal a bedroom some 15 feet across, uh, again, maybe 20 or so feet long. Uh, with a writing desk off towards one side, a large fireplace, uh, one of those fireplace hearths that you can see actually through it to the other side, um, a bit into the kitchen. Mm. Um, one of those like dual side fireplaces to warm both the bedroom and the kitchen uh, simultaneously. Yeah. And a large bed. And as you throw this open, uh, go ahead and make me a quick perception roll. Sure. <laughs> That's another two for a 12. So as you look into the room, you see a curious sight. Off towards the right-hand side, crouched beside uh, the desk that you see there, is a small, where they standing, fully erect, maybe three foot tall figure, covered in red scales across their head and down across their arms, mm -hmm. and lighter shade of this uh, almost brownish um, scales across their chest and lower chin. Hmm. This small lizard-like creature, wearing a tricone hat, <laughs> and a blue and gold vest and white pants. What? Sporting a small spear. And as the spear hits you, it springs up and screeches, For liberty! Before I will need initiative from the party. What? <laughs> I was not expecting this today. <laughs> Go ahead and, uh, and queue up some, uh, some combat here. Sirenscape. <laughs> Check doors for traps. I did, though. <laughs> I literally did. You all heard that. Uh, it's true. Oh, man. That's pretty great, to be honest. I, I You know what? I ain't even mad. What is that? What's the famous Picard quote? It's possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. It is true. <laughs> I did everything I was supposed to. You all heard. You all heard that. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be fun. For liberty. Let's go. <laughs> Although All I'm right. curious because I only see one and I know there were more voices. So surprise attack round. <laughs> Another two small figures spring up from behind the bed, the mattress on the opposite side of the room from where you are. 
uh, springing up to their feet. They screech out. Uh, we're basically in response to the one kobold screaming for liberty. Another one scouts out, screaming for equality. And the last one screams for fraternity. Um, really? As they throw <laughs> their spears at you. <laughs> it's all just a terrible misunderstanding. <laughs> So the first kobold throws at you. Uh, you are unfortunately flat-footed. Jesus, these kobolds. Uh, that is a 15 to strike you flat-footed. A 15 exactly hits my flat-footed AC. So striking you with another spear as it comes sailing across the distance. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this one, a glancing blow for two points of damage as it slices right under your side. Uh, Romario lets out a shout as Still this flies hits you, goes across the room and shatters out a window before uh, flying outside. <coughs> the other one strikes at you with a... Uh, that is a 12 to hit you flat-footed. A 12 does not, as my chain shirt actually takes that one. Yeah, so uh, your, your chain shirt actually absorbs this as it strikes into you. Um, again, they are small-sized spears. They are very short spears, but uh, yeah. they're still being thrown by surprisingly strong little kobolds. <laughs> I don't think that one penetrated, but ow! From there, unfortunately, this is a surprise attack round, so that is all that they can do. Hooray! A final kobold springs forward um, out of the shadows off towards your right, stepping into your line of sight. This oh, one, for the unlike the other ones, um, still oh, no. wearing his tricone hat perched atop oh, his horns. Huh? This one, however, wearing a long coat of blue trimmed with gold, springs forward um, actually has an insignia of a of a captain on his coat um, as he springs forward and shouts out, Defend democracy! <laughs> and stabs out at you. For pity's sake, how many of you are there? <laughs> uh, that one is a natural one, however, because he does seem to be, he like springs out and then it's like, oh God, he's huge! And like stumbles back away as he, uh, as he brings up his spear to harry you. Bringing us around into round one of combat. Oh my god! So the uh, the first kobold, I'm still flat. Picks up his reserve spear, so it's going to be his move action. Actually, no, he'll go ahead and pull his sling. Oh, and load a sling stone and begin to swing that around over his head. Ah, good. Yes, of course. Range support. The slings and arrows of my enemies. Yes. Uh. Um, the next kobold, the first one you spotted, lets out a screech, steps forward ducks through the fireplace oh gods um into the kitchen beyond and uh you assume he's back there somewhere great um, as you can hear the pitter pattering of feet and the creaking of uh, floorboards coming from uh, elsewhere in the house romario i believe they're trying to flank us or perhaps he's trying to get away oh yes uh, what are these tiny little lizards give me a moment <laughs> i'm still trying to get a spear out of my side <laughs> Um, the next one will go ahead and uh, he'll grab his reserve spear, um, <laughs> hops atop the bed um, oh, as he good. climbs up, uh, makes his way forward, hefts the spear. Hold the line! <laughs> as he steps forward, <laughs> bring us to uh, Lord Vernon Kastner. Right. <laughs> uh, let me go on ahead and I would first of all like to know what these creatures are. Very well. You may make me a knowledge local. Very well. I would also like to go on ahead and use my trait, uh, which is tireless logic, uh, okay. which allows me to, on any <laughs> intelligence-based roll, roll twice and take the better. All right. So I rolled a nine and a 15. So I'm going to keep that 15 for a 25 on Knowledge Local. With a 25, these short reptilian humanoids are commonly known as kobolds. 
Uh, they are creatures of the dark found mostly, most commonly in uh, enormous underground warrens or the uh, dark corners of the forest where the sun is uh, unable to reach. Uh, they are somewhat notorious in Andoran um, as being relatively pro- prolific, particularly around the Viridian Forest um, mm. and in the foothills of the Five Kings Mountains. See other adventure paths. Yes, of course. Our adventures. <laughs> Due to their physical similarities, kobolds loudly proclaim themselves as the scions of dragonkind, destined to rule the earth beneath the wings of their great god cousins. But most dragons have little use for the obnoxious little pests. They speak loudly of uh, divine right or manifest destiny. Kobolds are keenly aware of their own weakness. Um, they tend to be cowardly or schemers at heart, um, never fighting fair if they can help it, and instead setting up ambushes, double crosses, and of course are renowned for their trap making. As I found out. <laughs> I'm next to you. You avoided the pit trap in the uh, the chicken coop. Oh, hey. <laughs> Good for me. But yeah, you may actually ask three questions pertaining towards the kobold. Let's go with attacks, uh, defenses, and special qualities. Why not? So uh, as far as attacks are concerned, um, they don't really have any special attacks or anything Fair. like that. I believe your second one was defenses, correct? Indeed. Uh, They do not have any special defenses either. Um, However, you are aware that they have a weakness, and since they don't have any special defenses, I'll go ahead and give it to you. Uh, They do have light sensitivity, Uh, which does seem to have, uh, at the very least, somewhat impacted them as uh, they seem to be kind of like blinking and blearily glancing in the direction of the the bright light that you're bringing in with you. hmm. Mechanically speaking, they are not currently suffering from the penalties of uh, light Mm. sensitivity because it does require it be bright light as opposed to the normal light that is cast by your light spell. Um, although if you were to like open a window or something like that, feasibly you could get them with the light sensitivity. True. In addition to that, I believe you asked for special qualities. I did indeed. They are crafty little hmm. creatures. Crafty being an extraordinary special ability of kobolds. Hey. That they do gain craft trap making and stealth as class skills. Oh, all right. <laughs> as uh, again, I have found out. Yes. Right. You have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> no, none whatsoever. Um, I'm going to begin to sing because that sounds like a good thing to start with. Okay. Uh, so uh, I sing with my uh, naturalist song, uh, which actually, since I have made a knowledge check on the type of creature these are, gives me and allies within 30 feet a plus one insight bonus to armor class, attack rolls, and saving throws against these creatures. Armor class, attack rolls, and saving throws against kobolds specifically. Against kobolds specifically, yes. Okay. So yeah, you burst in a song. I believe that, is that still a... Uh, it is a standard action standard for action. me at this point. Very well. You have move action remaining. I will step into the room against my better judgment. <laughs> All right. To give Romario a chance to actually get in there if he wants to. You step into the room, prepare yourself. Surrounded on all sides by kobolds. A horde of kobolds, an entire warren of kobolds springs out at you. (laughs) And that is my turn. So you spring forward, uh, bringing us back around to uh, the kobold, uh, you guess the kobold captain, (laughs) who uh, springs back, uh, continuing to shout Indraconic. Defend the homeland! um, As he stabs out at you. I will shout back Indraconic, how the hells is this your homeland? (laughs) (laughs) We live here, he says. Um, that is a 10, however, to uh, to strike the librarian as you spring forward. <laughs> I parry with my rapier and uh, keep going. Yep, so you quickly parry the spear aside, um, as the kobold seems to be uh, maybe a little bit more than a little bit surprised that you speak draconic. <laughs> uh, bring us to uh, Romario, who will go ahead and uh, step up behind you. Yes, uh, let's um, sally forth and, uh, and we'll, we'll repel them like the knights of old, like the knights of Taldor themselves. We'll show these Andorans how it's done. I will point out neither one of us are knights. Uh, however, that is him using his perform oratory to go ahead and uh, and kick in, uh, inspire courage. Uh, hey, 
I do feel better, though. It's like, haha, our complimentary bardic powers combined. Actually, yeah. So uh, I don't believe, of course, that will stack with your uh, heroism um, uh, as far as the attack bonus, but it does give you a damage bonus. It's true. Because, yeah, it is a morale bonus, but it is a, it is a damage bonus, which I will certainly take. Um, so from Romario, we go to uh, round two. Um, the kobold finishes uh, loading a sling. He's going to go ahead and take this shot at Romario because he doesn't want to fire in a melee with you. Mm. So he'll go ahead and make an attack roll with that sling. They're really good with these slings. Ooh, that is a... That is an 18, which will hit Romario's armor class even with the, uh, the soft oh. cover you're providing and the plus one AC bonus. Jeez. It's going to be really, like... A little funny and also pretty sad if we actually die here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Slingstone flies across the distance, uh, strikes Romario for one point of non-lethal damage um, as it glances off of his forehead. Ow, God, he hit me with a rock. <laughs> you quite all right. Uh, it stings. <laughs> uh, the kobold reloads his sling. Oh, here's the other one. Another kobold springs out from now behind him as it, it's, he's, they're outflanking us um, oh, as he turns back around, uh, kind of goes back to back with you as the kobold uh, springs out and uh, stabs at you, striking at him with a nine. So he quickly uh, parries that out of the way with his own rapier. <sighs> yeah, they're small, but persistent. Yes, but... The one up on the bed uh, screams out, fight for democracy, <laughs> and then stabs down at you. I are you trying to be Eagle Knights? I say in Draconic. We are Eagle Knights. What are you talking about? Then he snaps at you. <laughs> Jesus, with a 19, actually. Oh my God, that actually hits my improved armor class. <laughs> so for five points of damage as he stabs Ow. into you. I'm in like half health right now. My God. Oh. Do not doubt our noble heritage. Uh, but The noble the, cause that we fight for. The, 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 the Eagle Knights aren't necessarily nobles. And noble in the noble cause way and not noble in the the, the noble down with the aristocracy. <laughs> he shakes his fist at you, bringing us actually to Lord Vernon Castor. <laughs> I will try to retaliate. Uh, let's go for the one uh, for the captain, actually, or at least the one who looks like a captain. Very well. All right. Give this a shot. Oh, God. That is a natural one, which I believe automatically misses. So. No, unfortunately, automatically miss your foe. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly good where I'm standing right now. So, all right, that takes us to the Cobalt Captain, who uh, presses the attack, yelling at them to, to hold the line. Be brave, men! Oh, jeez, he's gonna <laughs> stab me. Something that's a, fierce. That's a twenty to strike the oh my the Tobol. God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God! <laughs> so many of these little people. This is not my day. All right, that hits. Go ahead and roll damage. That is one point of non-lethal damage. As he very lightly grazes you. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Oh, one point of non-lethal. Non-lethal. Right. Unfortunately, he has a negative strength modifier. So when he rolled a one, that actually reduced <laughs> that down to one point of non-lethal. Ow! Gods, that I don't think it pierced the skin, but ow! Ah, take that, tyrant. Take us from the kobold to uh, Romario. I'm, I'm very confused at this entire situation. He says. <laughs> I don't... Gods, I don't know. Yeah, he'll go ahead and thrust out with his rapier. I didn't mean for this to come to bloodshed, but you've left me no choice. However, I rolled a five for ten. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so he kind of thrusts, ineffectually flails around, uh, stabbing out with his rapier. <laughs> I'm quite surprised. That brings us to another uh, slingstone that comes flying from the far side of the room, um, <laughs> oh, still striking out at Romario. However, that one will miss him as it flies into the room and thunks off the bookcase. Uh, said Kobold uh, reloads as the one that has outflanked you. He'll go ahead and stab at Romario because he actually has Romario in the flank. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll I was trying to get rid of his attack. flank buddy, but to no avail. 
That is a 14. Actually, no, that's a adjusted 15, which would normally hit Romario, but with the plus one AC, we'll actually miss it. Right, him. yes. They, they, they don't have the most reach, so just try to take a step back. Yes, yes, I, I see that. Very short arms. <laughs> the kobold up on the bed kind of springs back and forth before launching himself forward again. Mm. He's eye to eye level with you, so that's why he's so effective. <laughs> For liberty, he snaps. Oh, gods. Uh, that's a 17. Wow, this kobold is good, but I don't know if that'll hit. That does not hit me, but that's still pretty close. Oh, you God. desperately parry this out of the way. God, this, that, are we sure? Like, how? who trains these fellows? We have trained ourselves. <laughs> the small kobold <laughs> off towards your side said. I try to stab at him because um, I need to get them out of the flank. I need to get one of them <laughs> at some point. Ugh. All right. Well, that's uh, that's a six for a 16. A 16 will strike your foe as you bring your rapier around and thrust down at him. As I thrust for seven points of damage, thanks Ow. to Inspire Courage. Ramming your blade into the uh, the kobold as he uh, as he drops, hitting the ground as you thrust your rapier into him. All right, let's rally then. Taking us two said kobold, I'll go ahead and roll to stabilize for him. Lady Marilla owes me breakfast. I will treat you to the finest places in, uh, in all of uh, Opar if we make it out of this alive. <laughs> I'm honestly... Hedging my bets at the moment. <laughs> uh, Romario turns and thrusts at the other kobold that was attacking him. Ooh, doing better there. That is a 13 for an 18, which will strike his foe. Very well. Thrusting home for six points of damage as he rams nice. his blade into the uh, the outflanking kobold. As the kobold uh, squeals, falls back, and uh, hits the ground as well. The two remaining kobolds kind of glance quickly between one another. Before the one on the bed just like drops his spear, goes... We, we recognize the superior force, and we yield. Uh, Romario, the yielding. Oh, well, I suppose that's... Are we taking prisoners? I feel that we should. I speak to them very well, and then if you drop your weapons, surrender now, we'll take you into custody. Yeah. Oh, uh, turn us over to the uh, proper authorities, you mean? Yes. Oh. Yes, indeed. How... Yeah. What are you doing here? I assume combat's effectively stopped at yep. this point. Uh, they've uh, they've yielded. They've thrown down their weapons. Uh, the kobold glances between you and the uh, and Romario. Might my companion? He gestures down towards the other kobold. Tend to our wounded, sir. Very well. Then you may do so. Very good. Uh, the other kobold goes and uh, actually the one that you stabbed already stabilized. Um, so quickly oh, okay. goes over and uh, and stabilizes the one that Romario just ran through. Um, as the enough. kobold removes his uh, tricone hat. I am Lieutenant Coles. Lieutenant Coles, very well. Pleasure to meet you. I am Lord... Well, is it a... You know what? Fine. Pleasure to meet you. I am Lord Vernon Kastner. Hmm. Yes. You seemed like trespassers. Uh, we posted a sign that you seem to have ignored. This domicile actually belongs to the cousin of the man behind you, me here. Your cousin to the esteemed Miss Alcasti. Um, yes, actually... Um, this is my, my guess. We wrote to her to tell her that we were coming. Oh, it appears that there's been a terrible misunderstanding. We assumed that you were looters. No, nothing of the sort. Oh, well then, I extend my sincerest apologies. And I extend mine as well. I do hope that your companions pull through. Yes, and I'm sorry that we attempted to kill you. Um, the <laughs> captain would be, uh, most upset if he were, uh, conscious to hear. Uh, again, me and my brothers in arms were actually uh, staying here. We're staying in the woods nearby. I see. 
And uh, how did you come to how did you come to be friends with Brina? Oh, we he shifts a little bit, kind of rolling his tricone hat in his claws. We became disillusioned with our tribe in the mountains, and we decided to leave the four of us. Well, in fact, actually, there are 12 of us in total. The rest of our small band is out in the woods. Uh, we traveled for some time and uh, trying to make our own way in life. Um, however, we stumbled across a uh, an encampment, an outpost of what we learned to be Eagle Knights. We had uh, absconded with some of their, their gear and such, and, and it was there from uh, a tome of great lore that we learned of this, uh, this group of the, these noble warriors that shared our same ideals. Uh, we had decided to hatch a plan to form our own free society of kobolds, free from the, the dictates of uh, kobold kings and petty lords uh, to rule by democracy. Uh, unfortunately, mm. we had fallen afoul of democracy while we were uh, uh, here, as it were. We, we traveled for some time, and we happened to have been uh, trying to make do. We'd learned of the concept of, uh, what do they call it? Fair trade. And, uh, I see. And so uh, when we had arrived in this region, um, we started to study some of the ideals. The local people have very interesting ideas on equality and fraternity and liberty. Um, and so we would, um, shall we say, abscond with the occasional thing. We would live, leave things in their uh, place. We did not have gold, but we had mushrooms that we had forged and we would leave behind as payment. I see. It was during this time that we ended up, uh, some of our number have uh, quite the taste for uh, chicken eggs. And um, apparently... Um, Lady Alcasti found it rather curious that uh, her chicken eggs would disappear in the night and uh, would be replaced um, by whatever we had on hand. I imagine that was quite the shock. When she found one of us, she was an incredibly helpful individual. She began to teach us, helping us to try to formulate our own uh, constitution, as it were, to establish our own uh, new free people of kobolds so that we could appeal to our brethren in the mountains, uh, mm. those under the tyrannical rule of self-righteous and self-appointed kobold kings. Huh. It was during this time, of course, that, uh, well, we'd been staying here for some time and she'd been educating us, um, teaching us both the, uh, the ways of the fighting for the noble warriors. And uh, unfortunately, he hangs his head. We returned just a scant few days ago to find that she had passed quietly in her sleep. Hmm. We had uh, wrapped her in her favorite blanket, her warmest one, and we dug for her a grave until we could find a, a time and place to dig a deeper one. It was then we realized our precarious position. Most would simply assume that we were looters or bandits ourselves. And there were so many historical items here, so much to learn, that we secured the building. We knew that she was isolated out here. She never had visitors and such. And so we thought... Uh, we would post a sign to ward away any invaders and intruders. And when we heard you snooping around outside, we simply thought that you were opportunistic bandits here to abscond with her life's work. Right. I can see how you would have assumed that, actually. I apologize. It would seem that as much as we are striving to have people make the correct assertions, he lays a scaled hand on his own chest uh, to not judge us for the, the stories they have heard on us. That we misjudged you. It's quite all right, and I do fear that perhaps we misjudged you as well. I have mm. to say, I was not expecting this, but, um, I mean, more the power to you. Thank you, and uh, perhaps we can make amends. I'm certain the captain would want that once he is uh, uh, no longer uh, unconscious. 
Well, that said, I suppose I could help him if you'd be willing. Oh, yes, we would be happy uh, if uh, we have very little to our own, but... Uh... Oh, no, no need for payment. I mean, this is this is something that comes uh, rather easily to me. I can go in and cast Cure Light Wounds on uh, each of the kobolds that is currently unconscious. Yeah, I mean, they only have four hit points, so so, uh, yeah. all, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that will, uh, at the very least, get them probably back up to consciousness. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> Wow, uh, I heal them each for ten. So oh yeah, <laughs> there they we feel go. better than ever. They uh, so the two of them wake up again. They can kind of share the same thing. Um, they're kobolds in the foothills of the Five Kings Mountains that uh, decided to form their own free society in Southern Andoran. Right. Well, um, I suppose if it's all right with you, Romario, that perhaps they could still live here for now. I mean, unless you had designs on this place. Um, Romario kind of glances over all of them in a little bit of a hmm. I suppose as long as we have access to our to the information that we need, then... Oh, right, yes. Let me uh, make sure of that. We are allowed to take a look at the archives, if that's all right. Is, is that okay with you? The captain barks amongst them for a moment. Um, you can understand it, of course, before turning, mm. inclining his head. We can recognize the Alcasti heritage of this noble cousin to our esteemed Lady Alcasti. Uh, perhaps now that you are here, you could aid us in providing a more respectable final resting place for this esteemed woman who judged us for who we are and not what she sees. I suppose that we can do, yes. In the meantime, uh, this is your place and we only wished to learn. So, yes, this warren is yours. So uh, do with it what you will. I appreciate that. Uh, in answer, Romario, yes, they're more than happy to let us uh, take a look around as much as we'd like. Oh, wonderful. I suppose we should uh, find what we need and uh, consider ourselves all lucky that this turned out as well as it did. Yes. Extraordinary. I kind of glances over the kobolds. <laughs> I must say, this is not at all what I was expecting when I came here, but um, all's well that ends well, correct? Yeah. Given time, um, it actually takes you a couple of days to sort through all mm. the papers and such. Digging through here, you're able to uh, recover various documents, including various letters actually signed by the Countess Honoria Acosti, as well mm. as uh, other nobles from um, 700 years ago, um, six to 700 wow. years ago. Uh, many of these are kept in glass cases outside, uh, although the journal itself seems to have been the papers that you'd seen on the table were not actually letters. Uh, it appears that she was uh, using her, you guess, training in bookbinding to rebind the journal so that it could survive transport. Mm. The process was not finished, but it seems to still be in fairly good condition. Yeah. Looking this over, you find uh, records detailing information about Onaria's leadership. Really, even the journal, as well as uh, other letters from family members speaking of her, depict her mm. as a skilled leader with a brilliant command of tactics. Honestly, you haven't really heard much of her before, but this seems like she was instrumental in uh, the fighting during the Eventung Rebellion on the uh, Andoran Front. Hmm. That being said, you can also see here in her own journal even numerous references to her repeated inability to receive reinforcements or sufficient resources during her campaign to the point that she knew she was constantly fighting a losing battle and could only hold unless she ever received reinforcements. Um, however, it seems that the crown was too concerned with the uh, Kadiran invasion on the southern border of which aspects the Eventung took advantage of the Kadiran attack on the south to mm -hmm. declare the rebellion that eventually led to the separation of Chiliax. Yeah. So unfortunately, she could never receive her reinforcement or resupplies. 
which is, of course, why that ended up going the way that it did. Um, that being said, however, while Romario is uh, crestfallen to learn of uh, the death of his cousin, mm-hmm. um, he is thrilled upon uh, hearing that or finding the document that you do detailing the location of the uh, the crypt of the Alcasti family. Hmm. However, I imagine you spend a couple of days here, probably curiously getting a chance to you know chat with these kobolds and yeah. learn more about like them trying to break off and form their own democratic society and all the rest of that Seriously. stuff, which is a rather strange and you know unexpected uh, a turn there. <laughs> before uh, eventually you and Romario, I suppose, uh, gather yourselves together, gather gather up the notes that you came here to find, and uh, set off from. Andrin, in your case, to uh, return back to glorious Taldor. For Taldor. For Taldor. (laughs) And uh, with that, we'll pick it up here with the next chapter of this story next time. All right. Woo! Woo! Democratic kobolds. I was not. I, you know, if you had asked me what you expected to be inside of that house, I would have said at least like four or five things before I got to the Democratic Republic of Kobolds. <laughs> I mean, when I when I saw the draconic sign, I was like, maybe kobolds, but I was definitely not yeah. expecting that flavor of kobolds. I wasn't expecting kobolds so. and tricone hats and vests. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to emulate eagle knights. And, yes. you know, no yeah, one expects that- the kobold eagle knight. <laughs> Oh my God, that was uh, wonderful! Well, again, thank you for uh, for joining me for this, Russ. I hope you had fun. I, uh, I oh, found absolutely. it enjoyable. That was great. And hopefully, all of our listeners enjoyed this as well as we're getting uh, closer and closer to the uh, the finale for this, which is going to be quite interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm really looking forward gearing up towards that. But I'm not actually going in a crypt, right? Like that's not a thing that I'm, I will be expected to do. Who knows? I know. Right. Oh, <laughs> it's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> For all you know, that might be someone else's problem. Hey. But yeah, thank you all to uh, to all of our listeners, to uh, everyone who has joined us for this uh, this wonderful continued adventure. Um, we do want to take mm-hmm. an opportunity, as of course, as always, to thank our patrons. Uh, we will not be reading out Patreon names for this one, because again, there's just the two of us. Yeah. But again, once we get back to our main story, that will continue as usual. But I just did want to take an opportunity to say thank you to uh, to all of our patrons that make this possible for us. If you are enjoying this, if you're wanting more of this side content, uh, please go on our various uh, social medias, our Twitter page and um, or whatever the heck it's being called now X. Yeah. You know, go on our discord and let us know if you've been enjoying this, uh, if you like this and want to hear more of this side content. Because there's certainly more to deliver. There are more stories to be told, Intriguing. and uh, I've certainly enjoyed this uh, this brief look at uh, at Vernon Castner being a, <laughs> a rather interesting take on the Bard. <laughs> Maybe it'll take some time to publish a work on kobolds. <laughs> I might might very well actually. This would definitely uh, be one for the archives, as it were. It's true. Right. <laughs> uh, and until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck out there, and thank you so much for your support. Yes, absolutely. That was fun, Russ. I enjoyed that. That, that was <laughs> that was so great. What I was twist. again. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, I mean, I even got stabbed up and down. I'm just like, you know what? No, this is great. I love this. <laughs> even if I die here, this is wonderful.
Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.